Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. In the 1600s, uh, some Bible nerds got together and they wrote this, they wrote this statement of uh, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The chief end of, of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Uh, <clears throat> for most of us, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine glorifying God and enjoying him forever. Uh, forever is a long time. You know, when, when I get bored, <laughs> that, 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 that seems like a something we might not want to be a part of, but um, in the beginning of all things, uh, God made it so that this came natural, this idea that that they wrote, um, it came natural to everything and everyone. Everything was glorifying God and enjoying him forever, um, naturally. Um, And and maybe it would help to to think of it like this. I don't know if this this will be helpful for you, but it's helpful for me. So last night, um, my wife and I uh, were coming home from a date and it was this perfect weather. Um, We had the windows down, we had the the, the, sunroof open um, and we were playing our play with all, the, all these songs that we knew together and you know, we're, we're singing, singing the songs together and it's sunset, super beautiful. Um, and even though I don't like to drive, I, I, I wish that moment could continue. Um, we were getting home, and I, but it, it was just this, this is just a great moment between, you know, between her and I. It's, it's kind of a moment that you, know, you, you, have, you want to continue. If you can imagine the, the feelings of a moment like that, if you've ever had a moment like that, if you can imagine that, in the beginning of all time, it, it was that kind of moment with the Lord. All the time. It was that. That, that thing. Um, and it was, it, was, it, was, it was a very beautiful thing. It was a very great thing. Humans messed it up um, by thinking that instead of glorifying God and enjoying God, they would try to be God. And so that decision invited sin and death into the world. Things haven't been right since, of course, and God's not given up hope for us, though. He's not given up hope that we can reclaim that. So, in fact, in, in the end, God intends to bring everything, everything that he intended from the beginning, he intends to bring everything, oh, he bring, he's going to bring all that back. He's going to bring all that back, and everyone will be glorifying him and enjoying him forever. Um, in, the very ple- in the very best place you can imagine, with the very best person you can imagine. So for you, whatever that is, the very best place that you can imagine, imagine that with the very best person you can imagine. Now you're getting closer to what it would be like to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Throughout history, throughout our lives, he gives us glimpses into this. So like I said, like what, what happened with my wife and I, it's like, oh. he gives us glimpses into what that restoration is going to be like. The Psalm writer, um, Psalm 23, right, talks about it. He says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The psalm writer is talking about experiencing God in his life right now here on earth, a glimpse of the restoration. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
And compare, compare those verses in Psalm 23 with what Apostle John tells us things will be like at the end of time when, when God restores everything to what he intended in the beginning. Listen to this. This is what John says. He says, the angel of the Lord showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And through the middle of, middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were the, for, for the healing of the nations. And no longer were, will anything be no longer will there be anything cur- accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And that, that's just, this, his name on their foreheads just means no one's going to be ashamed to wear his name in that place. And night will be no more, and there will, there will be no need of a, a, lamp, a light of a lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So John's leading, you know, John's led by this river of life in heaven, and the psalmist is, is led beside still waters. Um, John says, the leaves of the tree for, he, for the healing of nations, and the psalmist says, he restores my soul. Um, John says, uh, God's servants won't, won't need the sun, which is like the source of all life here on earth. We won't need that because the Lord's going to be there. Like the psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything. John says, God's servants will reign forever and ever. And the psalmist says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, what, what, what John wants you to know is that at the end of all things, God's going to restore everything back to what he intended it to be from the beginning. And the psalmist wants you to know that you can experience that kind of restoration right now. Right now. One way that you can make that practical is through the Sabbath. It's through the Sabbath. Uh, Psalm 23.3 says, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. God intended the Sabbath to be a preview of the final restoration of everything. Something we can experience now if we're willing to let him you know, make us lie down. He can restore our souls. When Jesus was on earth, lots of times when he was experiencing Sabbath, or you know, he, was, he, was, he spent lots of Sabbaths restoring people. And I want to share some of those with you. Listen, listen to this. It says, on a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. One Sabbath when Jesus uh, went to eat at the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. And there in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. And Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts of the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. One day when, when Jesus was, uh, saw a man who had been an invalid for 38 years, Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. 
Another day, uh, Jesus comes across a man uh, who had been born blind. And Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, which is the interesting thing to say to someone who's blind. I'm the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. So go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing now. The day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. There's other stories I left out just for time's sake. One more. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored, restored. Jesus wants us to use the Sabbath as a time for being restored. For Jesus, Sabbath and restoration are close If the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, Jesus wants that to start now. So I want to invite you into that, into that kind of restoration. Um, So I practiced the Sabbath. I started practicing the Sabbath when a friend of mine shared a book with me called Subversive Sabbath. I've I've brought up to several of you before. I mean, it's been a part of this process of restoring my soul. Sabbath has given me rest. Um, You know, when I've been so exhausted, it's given me hope. Um, It's it's like uh, any of you guys who uh, have ever participated in any kind of running. When you see the finish line, it gives you mental energy. It helps you be able to have hope for finishing. Sabbath is that for me, like every week I can, I can handle this part of my week. If I know I've got this coming, um, it has been, uh, it has helped me put some things in the right place in my mind, in my life. Uh, it's helped restore some of my health. Um, in subversive Sabbath, um, In the book, the author talks about uh, research that shows a group, a religious group called the Seventh-day Adventists, um, who who are strict Sabbath keepers, tend to live 10 years longer than the average person in America. Uh, Maybe that's coincidence. The truth is, uh, is if if we do not rest, though, uh, we will not be well. We will not be well. We we might find for a while um, that we can, you know, we can push past it, but resting is like, like gravity. Um, it is the law of how we work. And if we deny, if we, you know, you could defy gravity for a little bit, but eventually, you know, you have to come down. You have to come down. Sabbath gives us the rest and hope, and it can make us healthier. Man, man's chief end, though, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Man's chief end, though, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I want to make something clear uh, about Sabbath that I, that I haven't been clear about yet that I, 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 I kind of just want to back up and be sure that we're being clear about it. And some people brought this up to me. We don't practice Sabbath because it's beneficial, because it's helpful. Um, we, don't, we don't practice Sabbath and hope, well, maybe it'll help me live 10 years longer. We don't practice it for that reason. We practice the Sabbath to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The author of Subversive Sabbath said it, says it this way. He says, a Sabbath is done out of obedience to God, not to get something. 
while there are endless benefits to keeping a Sabbath, we do not do it for the benefits. In the same way, we don't enter into a marriage to make love. Sex is a benefit of marriage, not the reason for marriage. There are many great benefits to uh, Sabbath keeping, but I want to be, I, I be careful about that. I want to be clear about that. Um, I want us to be able to focus on Sabbath keeping as a way to delight in the Lord, um, not to get something. Um, something something uh, being delightful is different from something being useful, right? Sabbath doesn't always turn out the way that you, you want. Um, Sabbath can be costly. You have to agree. You have to agree to give up something. Sabbath is, is similar to God in that we don't love God because he's useful to us. We love him because he's worthy of being loved. And even if it doesn't, things don't come out the way that we think they should, we love him because he is. And he restores us but we love him because he is. So I've, I've been speculating that the reason why God has called our church family to practice the Sabbath is because God's preparing us for a work together. And that, that may be true, but Sabbath is to be cherished as a delight in and of itself, um, not because it's gonna lead to something else. Um, and I, I wanna be clear about that. I wanna be clear about that. Um, Sabbath, I want to lead to us glorifying God and enjoying him forever. And, and, let me, and let me be clear about something else. Sabbath isn't just a day where you, 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 we get to do whatever we want or whatever feels right. Um, it's leveraging rest and things that refresh us to, to lead us to glorifying God and enjoy him forever. So we talked last week about how a woman named Mary was having herself a little mini Sabbath, um, sitting at the feet of Jesus. So let me remind you of that story. It, says, it goes like this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Mary was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed and indeed only one. Mary has chosen what's better and indeed it will not be taken away from her. So, Mary understood the point of the Sabbath. She said, let me, let me glorify God. Let me glorify Jesus and enjoy him by just listening to him, by being with him. Let me enjoy him in this moment by just being where he's at. Sabbath is about delighting in God for his sake and the sake of the world. Delighting in him. And honestly, we need help to learn to delight in him. It doesn't come naturally to us. So what I'd like to do, what I, what I would like for our church family to do is to try this together, to try to practice the Sabbath together. Whenever you start doing something maybe that you haven't done before or maybe, maybe, maybe you have done before but haven't done consistently, it starts out clunky. Um, feels weird, it's hard. I've confessed to some of you guys before when I first started practicing the Sabbath, it was kind of, it was, it was a little bit of a letdown. It was a little bit of depression because I was saying no to what I was addicted to, my work. 
so that I could say yes to what the Lord wanted to do. And it was hard. It was hard. But I'd like for you to try, even if this is hard, even if this is something that you haven't done, and even if it's going to have to cost, it's going to, it's going to be challenging, it's going to cost you, it's going to, you're going to have to think ahead, you're going to have to prepare. So first, let me, let me start by talking. I'm going to talk about some particulars, some specifics about how this should go or how, how, um, how to help you practice this. Uh, we should, you, should, you should start by deciding when. Um, you want to practice the Sabbath. And, and for our purposes, um, I'd love for us to, to start together to try to do it on Sundays. Come to worship here with us together as a part of your Sabbath on, on the Sunday mornings. And then after that, you know, find some, find some refreshment. Something, um, something that you can do in your, in your afternoon and or evening with things that, that will refresh you and your family if that's applicable. Um, and I'll talk about family in a more, in just a moment, but like to, 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 you know, and if it can't be all day, let it be a few hours. Let it be, let it be one hour. It can be, that can be your starting place, but mark it off on your calendar and say, okay, this Time is going to be my time to try the Sabbath. And maybe it's just 1 to 2 p.m. on Sunday. I, I, I will ex- love it, love it. But to mark it off on your couch. So when someone comes to you and brings up to you, hey, can you get together on su- Sunday afternoon? You can say, no, I've got some other plans. Well, you, know, you don't have to go into it. You don't have to tell them what else you're doing. I'm inviting you to be that specific. Mark it off on your calendar. And if for some reason Sundays don't work for you, I'm asking you to try a different day. But some t- for, for us, for me, often when I'm practicing something with a group of people and we're doing it together, it helps me be like, okay, we're all doing this together on Sunday. Let me try. Let me try to do it. Doing it a little bit can make a difference. Trying it a little bit can make a difference. Second, let me say this. Um, I, I, want, I want to give some thought to uh, Sabbath with families because it can be challenging. Um, so, and if, you know, if you've got kids, so how, how, does, how does a person Sabbath with children, especially if, you know, if, if you're the main caregiver? And it seems impossible. Um, and I admit, definitely hard and definitely different. So the Bible doesn't have many words about practicing the Sabbath uh, when you have children. So you know, one reason might be because they had, they, in, in ancient Jewish times, they often had families living together or living in very close to one another. Um, and so there's always an opportunity to share those kinds of responsibilities. Um, and and there were, they were the challenging things of life, but you were going through them together. So if you have family close by, if you have family close by, uh, what if you ask them for your help, for their help? So maybe you can't start today, but what if you invited them and say, hey, would, would you be willing to help me with this? Explain to them what, what you want to be about. Would, you, would they participate with you in helping you Sabbath, give you a couple of hours to, to rest and refresh? If you don't have a family nearby, and again, this is, this is our church family where your church family comes, comes into as part of the conversation. I'm asking you as a church family, for those of us, those of you guys who don't have kids because you had never had kids, or those of you who have already raised your kids, maybe we could say to, to, to families who do have kids, we are willing to be involved. What if we served each other on the Sabbath and we're, we're available to, to give parents of young children time to rest? I want us to be available. 
or three or four families um, could, could t- t- take turns leading an activity with children or babysitting or, or giving a much-needed break to parents. Um, when, my, when my kids were young, um, my, my, my wife uh, had, uh, had quite a, a quiet time where our kids would be separate in a room um, separate in a certain area where, and, it, and to be fair, you know, the, the, the age of our children compared to how much time they could, they could spend, uh, you know, alone was, you know, it was smaller when they were younger. And as they got older, it got bigger, but it was, it was intentional. We were trying, we were trying something. On the Sabbath, uh, if you have a kid who wants to watch a movie, maybe you don't normally let them watch movies. It, maybe it would be a great time to say, this is the time. Let her watch a movie. Uh, another thing you can do um, that, we, that we like to do on the Sabbath uh, is help your kids love the Sabbath by having Sabbath food. Food that you maybe you don't normally eat that you bring in. So, you know, you're a good mom. You don't let your kids eat Doritos or Oreos. But on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, what if, you, what if you allowed them to do that? Like, and, and, and you connected it to the Lord like this, like this. What if you said this? Thank God that we live in a place where we get to eat regularly. Thank God that we live in a place where not only do we get to eat regularly, but we get to eat special treats. Let's thank God for his goodness. Growing up, if you, if you, ha- if you did that intentionally and had something like that connected, it's visceral. You say, man, I love the Sabbath. Sabbath is such a great thing. Ideas. So um, third, I just want you to decide some do's and don'ts for your time of the Sabbath. I want you to decide up front your do's and don'ts of what, what, you will willing, what, you, what you're going to do on the Sabbath and what you won't do. And so th- this is the, the document, the little, the little uh, card that I put on the lo- and out in the lobby. Um, it, has, it gives you an opportunity, it gives you ideas, what you can say, here's what I do on the Sabbath and here's what I don't do. And then it gives some space for you to, to add your own ideas. So here's some ideas for considering not doing. Checking email. Having your phone near you. Have a time again. This is like you know. I'm in our home. It's like to ask for that to happen is like asking for your legs to be cut off or something. I mean, this to ha- to have a time where you're saying, okay, my phone's going away. Uh, you won't don't check don't check social media. Don't do dishes. Don't don't cook. They go out of your way. Say, okay, maybe this is the day we're going to eat out or we have food that's prepared beforehand. Or get paper plates and say, I don't. We're not doing dishes today. Don't do laundry. Don't think about your work. And again, this is hard for me. I'm often thinking about work even when I'm not working. Don't think about your work. Don't worry about your work. Maybe for you, driving is, is a chore. So maybe, maybe you, you say, I'm not going to travel far on the Sabbath. Don't do yard work if that's not for you. Don't, don't, don't spend a time with a ton of exhausting people. Maybe you're like, this is here. Um, don't exercise. Some ideas that you can, you can consider doing are this, uh, reading, golfing, biking, hiking, that, to take those things um, and connect them to the Lord and do them in, re- in a way that refreshes you. Eat delicious food on the Sabbath, journal on the Sabbath, pray and meditate on the Sabbath, play a game, be with friends, who, people who refresh you, watch a movie, um, watch a sporting event, take a nap, listen to music. Um, often in church world, we narrow down what we what's spiritual 
to only like three things, reading the Bible and praying and going to church. Those are the only spiritual things that we are allowed to do on the Sabbath. But I think he wants us to free our minds. Author and blogger Katie Bennett says it this way. She says, I want you to think of intentional, productive, rich ways to rest and be rejuvenated in God. Make a list of things that feed you your body and soul and reference this list when you are fighting the urge to get on social media or do dishes or break some other boundary you've set for yourself on the Sabbath, on your Sabbath day. This may include resting and being still, but it also may include recreating and having fun. The activity should be life-giving with rest and connecting with God as the priority. Would you be willing? Would you be willing to try this along with our church family? Glorifying God and enjoying him forever. Glorifying God and enjoying him forever. And not, not necessarily, not just through prayer and Bible reading. I mean, you should do those. those should, maybe those are going to be a part of your Sabbath. But connecting to other things that you love to do. Connecting God, bringing him into the other things you love. So sometimes um, I, I, I like to, uh, to watch the NBA playoffs. Once it gets to the NBA playoffs, then I get involved in watching professional basketball. And, and it's fun. So the other day, um, there was a guy named Al Horford who plays for um, Boston Celtics. At the end, of, he, did, he had a really great game. At the end of the game, uh, the woman comes over to interview him. She says, tell me, so tell me, she has some question about the game. She says, tell me all about the game. And he starts off, before he says anything else, he says, first, of all, first, of all, first thing I want to say is, I want to give all glory and praise to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for work that he does through me. And, and, and certainly, you know, you've seen this before when athletes talk about, she doesn't ask him any questions about the Lord, but he starts off with that. He starts off with that. I want to give all praise and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I've taken my work that most people view as secular or nothing to do with God. I've taken my work, this game that I play, and I'm doing it all for his glory. Everything, so any, all the good stuff you saw, you saw me do, dedicated to him. It's all for him. It's all for him. This is how I glorify God and enjoy him forever. This is how I do it. And again, that's counterintuitive for, for most of us to, to connect NBA basketball to glorifying God and enjoying him forever. But he does it. I want you to take what you enjoy, what refreshes you, and I want you to connect it to Christ. The word, the Bible says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. When he said that, do you think that he, he meant only prayer or only Bible reading? That's what I mean when I say every good and perfect gift. Or did he mean every good and perfect gift comes from above? Take what you enjoy and what refreshes you and connect it to Christ. If it's reading, then read for the glory of Christ. If it's music, then listen to music for the glory of Christ and enjoy him forever. Listen to this, this verse. It says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it. What's that next word? Do it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him.
last week, um, when we, when we, uh, when we, I said that when we take communion, it's like a mini Sabbath. It's an invitation to stop working and achieving and just accept what Christ has done for you on the cross. It's, it's an opportunity to say, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to achieve anything to, to enjoy this glory-filled moment with Christ. I just have to show up. Let him make you lie down in green pastures during these few minutes. He can bring something to you if you allow him these moments. Let it be the beginning of the end of you having to control or know everything or be the boss of everything that you can trust him. Let these moments of communion be that. That's the work of Christ on the cross. It is finished. It is finished. What if this time of communion, we asked him to teach us to glorify him and enjoy him forever? During this time of communion, um, I want to ask you to do that. And then maybe, maybe, maybe it would just be the beginning of the Sabbath for the rest for the rest of the time you have today. Let me ask you to do this. Let me ask you to do this. If you haven't gotten one of those cards from out in the lobby, let me ask you to get one. Take the time to say, here's what I'm going to do on the Sabbath. And here's what I'm not going to do. If you're uh, not with us in person, or if you want to take what, what we're talking about here further, then you can go to arborbridgechurch.com forward slash Sabbath. And there's a, there's a form that you can download um, and print off for yourself where you can, you can fill it out on your own and say, and it's a, little, it's a little sheet that basically helps you kind of define what a Sabbath looks like. Um, arborbridgechurch.com forward slash Sabbath. I, uh, I want our church family to follow this command, not because it's easy, not because there'll be benefits, but because we want to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that can start now. Let me pray that uh, he will help us enjoy him now as we take communion together. Dear Father, there is certainly so much of you that we have not experienced here on earth. We think we have a corner on who you are. We think we know, um, especially those of us who've been Jesus followers for, for a very long time. We think we know, we've seen this already. We've heard this story already. We already know the goodness of God, or the greatness of God. And we have no idea. So I pray that you would enlighten our hearts. You would help us to know what can't be known. Help us to know how glory-filled you are and what it is to be with you. And I pray that we would never, 
ever, ever feel intimidated by, the, by, the, by this idea of glorifying you and enjoying you forever. Help that, help that to happen in a way that we can't manufacture on our own right now. Help that to happen in a way that we can't make happen on our own right now. Um, I pray that you would give us that, that taste of that. Um, and I pray that for our church family that's, gonna, that's participating in this and who's willing, who's thinking about Sabbath, who's saying, I might be willing to try that. I pray that you, in this communion time, you would let them experience a little bit of that right now so that they, they can experience your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.